Happy Podcast. With me today from Univar Solutions are Arnita Wofford, Global Marketing and Technical Director, Beauty and Personal Care, Alex Walther, Senior Chemist, and Rebecca Robinson, Senior Marketing Manager, Beauty and Personal Care. Thanks for so much for joining me today, ladies. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. We're excited about being here today, so thank you. And uh, we're just going to get right into it about our podcast and what we want to talk to you guys about. So we are three women all loving the beauty industry, super passionate about it. And uh, one of the one of the questions that we wanted to ask was, um, I want to ask the ladies, so Arnita and Alex, tell me about the best compliment you've ever gotten as it relates to skincare, hair care. Alex, do you want to take it first? Yeah, sure. So for me, it's actually a really funny compliment. At least to me, it's funny. I get a lot of compliments about how nice my skin looks. And it's funny to me because it is my probably least favorite feature. When I look in the mirror, I see all these little keratin deposits or little white bumps that I have on my cheeks. I have rosacea. And then it's just so funny that so many people from all different cultures have told me that they like my skin and that it looks so smooth and what's my secret. And the secret is just lotion. So it's been really great to have some affirmation upon something that I don't always see as my best feature. What about you, Arnita? Yeah, so um, it's probably that my hair is so up and a little wild. I've been wearing my hair natural for about 15 years now. And I think, um, you know, I started it long before the natural revolution was around. I love my hair, but it wasn't always that way. Um, And I think as a lot of African-American women probably can relate to, I hadn't seen my natural hair since I was probably five years old. So at 20 something, when I decided to cut it all off, sort of shave it down and and rediscover the hair God gave me, um, it was a It was a daring, bold statement, to say the least. So I really, really, really love it when people are like, oh, my God, your hair is amazing. Thank you. I don't do very much, but thank you. I love that. Were there any brands that you guys like in particular that you're kind of obsessed with that you use all the time? Well, for me, you know, I really love CeraVe as my basic, always everyday part of my skincare regime. But then my other favorite brand is Beauty Pie because I always feel like I can get quality ingredients. They're very transparent on the active levels and I can try a bunch of things without breaking my bank account, which is always important too. I'm obsessed with CeraVe. It's so good. I love it on my skin, on my face and on my body. It's just such a nice thick cream, especially during the winter months that I use it all the time. Arnita, how about you? Any any products that you love? You know what? I love them all. I have mm. to, I can't lie. I am not a um, a loyal customer uh, and being in this business makes it probably 10 times worse. So I can buy the same product in multiple shades and um, multiple formats, but it's rare that I buy the same exact product every single time. Even my favorite lipstick, I have it in lots of different shades, but it's rare that I rebuy one shade. There's just so many launches. I... I get excited and I want to try something new. So I don't keep going back to the same one. Sorry, well, guys. You, 
if you were <laughs> to be a loyal customer, what would a product be that you'd love to create? Like if you were like, oh, I'm going to wear this all the time, or I'm going to use this on my hair all the time. Is there something that you'd want the industry to create that would that would enhance that or that would force you to be a loyal customer? Oh, definitely. So all of you hair care formulators out there, um, I have like type 4C, 4B hair, and I would love, love, love a hair care product that, you know, will just, I can go back to every day that is, doesn't build up, that doesn't wet my hair down too much, but it does moisturize, gives it that um, oiliness, but not being greasy, that allows me to style it and it doesn't, completely shrink my hair down. I don't want the shrinkage effect from having some sort of a heavier cream. Um, and that really allows me to, to keep my, my, my curls and my puff, um, but without it being overly styled, I guess. And I just haven't found that in one product. I mix lots of things together to achieve what I'm looking for, but the holy grail yet to find it. Sounds like a dream product, something with a lot of a lot of benefits. Well, I guess that leads us to the next question is, are, what product do you think would be, is there a product that you've developed in the lab that's super hard to do or create? I guess I'll turn this over to Alex since you work in the lab. What's been the hardest product that you've created at Universe Solutions? Well, so that's actually one really fun part of the product development process. We're a team and one of my favorite products that was hard actually came from Arnita. She decided we were going to make a lotion that would be anhydrous and it would just be the oil phase of the lotion. And you should be able to add water in your hand and make a lotion, which technically is very difficult. And sometimes, uh, she pushes us from the marketing side to create new things that sound like they're impossible. <laughs> and so I like solving problems and it was a really fun product. The first thing I really had to do uh, when designing this, it's our DIY clever concentrated body paste was find an emulsifier that could emulsify at low shear because low shear is definitely rubbing between your hands and room temperature or body temperature. And I really achieved that through using Aculin Siltouch. It's this great rheology modifier that instantly swells with the water as soon as you add it in your hands and instantly creates that viscosity and emulsification, which is very technically difficult. And then the other hard part for me as a formulator is I didn't want it to be greasy. So the consumer can use it at 15% oil. They can use it at 100% oil. And it needed to feel good at all the different ratios to water in between. And we wanted to be moisturizing. So it was really critical to choose the right oils for the system. I relied a lot on Lex Wow ADT, which is a natural origin emollient, but it has a really nice dry, silky touch. And then also adding in some good emollients for nourishing like Life Scla 25N6 oil, which has um, a lot of gamma linoleic acid, which is really moisturizing and anti-aging. So I really wanted to pack a lot into this technically complicated formula. And so far, that's been one of my favorite formulas that I did develop because it was so difficult from the onset to even consider that it could be possible. I use that product every day on my hands. It's so nice. It's such a nice formulation. So thank you for creating that for me. <laughs> thank you for the feedback. Yeah, of course. 
So um, a topic that a lot of people want to hear about is clean beauty. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Do you guys think that clean beauty is here to stay? Definitely. And I think the big thing for clean beauty, at least from my standpoint, is that I'm glad to see that it's no longer one thing. Clean beauty, when it really started, was all about 100% natural and organic. And I'm glad to see as the consumer becomes more educated, we're getting more layers to clean beauty. It's not just natural ingredients, it's safe synthetic ingredients, it's sustainable ingredients, looking at the entire process is making it sustainable. And I think clean beauty is very complicated now, but it's also good because we're beginning to talk about more layers of what clean really should mean. Exactly. I fully support that, Alex. I think, you know, the the fact that Natural or nature derived ingredients, um, safe synthetics and sustainability as a whole, as a more holistic approach is in the forefront of the consumer's mind. They're less rigid on the this has to be plant based um, for it to be natural or for it to be sustainable or even for it to be clean. You know, packaging. Um, is a huge piece of clean beauty. The ethos of the brand is a huge piece of clean beauty. Um, whether it's transported carbon neutral, whether it's been packed and 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 built in a an ethical way is part of clean beauty. So I think the industry really has decided, or I hope this isn't just a, a trend, but has decided to stop being so extremist with clean beauty and move into a more tempered, yes, you know what, we need to, we need to be climate positive. We need to be better for the environment. We need to be sustainable as a whole. And that's better for our health in beauty. That's better for our skin. That's better for our hair. So it's a little bit around education. I was thinking when we were talking about this, um, in, in a different in a different area, uh, plastic. You know how people are just plastic bashing right now, and and bashing brands in general, saying, "Oh, we need to all go plastic free in beauty," which is completely not realistic. How many products do we supply um, to customers that could never be packed in anything but plastic? So we have to think realistically about it and say, "Hey, is glass really better?" Is carbon um, carton really better? Is it even compatible with what we're selling? Or is it about the origin of the actual pack that we're putting it in or the outer pack that we might can remove? Um, It's such a huge conversation, really. The regulations around it. um, And I think just the industry standard, you know, if we decided that we could take all of the outer packs off and just ship things at a bare minimum, a little bit like Amazon does, we might have the ugly fruit mentality where people wouldn't even buy it or the stores wouldn't want to display it because it wasn't perfect. There's this idea of of perfection and beauty that I think we have to continue to strive to change in order for the whole clean beauty movement as a whole to to really install itself and, and go to the next level. Those are really great points. It'll be interesting to see from an industry perspective what happens at specific retailers. I know that Target, Sephora, they have their clean list. There's Ernita, I'm sure you know, in Paris, the store sources, they have their own clean beauty list. So it'll be interesting to see as time goes on what happens within retailers and how the definition of clean beauty may perhaps change. Indeed. 
So, okay, let's talk about supply chain. At Universe Solutions, obviously, we represent many world-class suppliers, and we have loads of products. So now with COVID and everybody really still struggling from a supply chain perspective, let's talk a little bit about what we can offer and how we can help customers, brands, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'll give I'll give that a, a go for now. So, um, you know, I think for people who don't know us, our portfolio is full of both. We've got natural and safe synthetics. Um, we're trying to move the industry forward. So we're providing you with specialty ingredients, but we do have those staples, if you will, um, that are necessary for any type of chassis formulation. So we can supply the the solvents and the 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 surfactants and the emulsifiers as well. Um, but we have an entire portfolio of those specialties that will really make your formulation stand out. We have a whole team of people that are dedicated just to brands, indie brands, trying to help you get off the ground. You know, what do you need? Do you need help understanding how to stock your product, how to distribute your product, how to order your ingredients, um, how to formulate, we can help with all of those different pieces of the chain. And our solution centers based across the globe are a, a unique support system for brands as well, but for larger customers to help them with formulation challenges, with benchmarking, with testing. Uh, we are an extension of the marketing and technical teams of, of our customers. So we're here to help. Um, and with our breath and our reach, really, our supply chain is, is second to none. So we're really proud about that, especially in these very challenging times. Now, Arnita, you also talked about both natural and safe synthetics. Can you talk about a little bit about what's a big misconception of natural organics versus synthetics? Sure. You know, a lot of people think that natural means good. It means safe. It means better. And that's not just, just not true. Um, natural can be good. Natural can be safe. Natural can be better, but it's not always the case. And synthetic materials sometimes trump natural. So it depends on what the synthetics are, but um, in terms of renewable, in terms of better sustainability, biodegradability, a lot of times synthetics are, are your top choice. So it's not because something's organic or something is, is, is natural or plant-derived that it is a better choice for a formulation or for your skin for that matter. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So one of the things that I always challenge my friends that are not in the cosmetic industry is when one of them gets into essential oils and they buy this huge kit of essential oils. I'm like, okay, now you can't put all of those in your tub. You can't put all those directly in your skin. Make sure you check out the dermal limits because a lot of them can be sensitizing or even cause um, burns on your skin if they're exposed to light. So just because they're from nature doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay to put directly on your skin. You still need to be cognizant of what benefits you're trying to get and how you're going to use a product versus the risk. Exactly. 
And I think a lot of it too, it kind of drives back to some of these smaller brands that are really gaining a lot of traction and doing really big things. You look at Drunk Elephant a few years ago or Tula Skincare, all starting from a smaller brand perspective. And now they're huge. Everybody knows about them. So I think that social media really plays a huge part in that. And I guess that would that would lead us to the next question. So uh, ladies, how do you see social media influencing our industry, in the beauty and personal care space? I think there's a lot of um, negative influence, especially with this perfection. I'll go back to what I said earlier. You know, this seeking perfection in beauty, the filters, um, this quest for the perfect Western beauty standard that that somewhat is, is, first of all, it's unattainable. It doesn't really exist. And I think it's been perpetuated for for many years um, on social media, but that that taste for that is, is it's disappearing. And uh, especially with COVID where people have just become one with looking at themselves all day and trying new things and being at home and, and trying to, to be more in touch with th- themselves, with nature, with their families. Um, you know, that perfection doesn't exist. All you need to do is work from home with small children and, no problem. You've understood <laughs> yeah. that. So I think, yeah, there's a big return to self, return to your roots. Like just being you is enough. And and that's okay. And everyone's okay with that. And it's a little bit, a little bit of nostalgia too, right? It's like, hey, I remember being happy prior to COVID. I remember we didn't know how good we had it in 2019. We didn't know what was coming. So this nostalgia of looking back to happier times, um, I think we'll see more of that positive influence going forward through social. And I hope that the influencers and the YouTubers and the TikTokers will all take on the role to be more positive, more body positive, more inclusive, more educational, because it's a huge platform for sure. And it does drive not only from a product development standpoint, but it also drives uh, a consumer usage standpoint, you know, how they decide to use the product to achieve certain looks. I love it. Well, on that note, I want to say thank you all. And Tom, I'll hand it back to you. Thanks, Rebecca. Great information. You covered a lot of ground from sourcing and formulation to packaging and supply chain. So thanks again to Arnita Wofford, Alex Walther, and Rebecca Robinson of Univar Solutions. You've been listening to a happy podcast. To hear more, visit happy.com, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, or wherever you listen to podcasts.